Israel's ambassador to France was due to retire in three months. But that wasn't going to happen, because in six minutes he'd be dead. He had no inkling of his imminent demise, given that he was a healthy 59-year-old who'd recently undergone a full medical checkup and had been told by his doctor that he wasn't going to die anytime soon. In fairness, his doctor could not have been expected to anticipate that his patient's heart might be targeted by a sniper. The ambassador was not alone as he walked through Paris's oldest square. Tourists were ambling nearby, taking photos of the striking, identical 17th-century red-brick houses that surrounded the square. Children were playing tag, running through the vaulted arcades. Lovers were strolling arm-in-arm, admiring the manicured lawns that partly covered the interior of the square and the rows of trees that had turned an autumnal russet. Walking forty yards behind the ambassador were three men who had pistols secreted under their suit jackets. The ambassador took a walk through the square every lunchtime, and on each occasion his bodyguards wished they could be closer to their charge. But the ambassador was stubborn and insisted they keep their distance, so that he could have the space to unclutter his mind from the hundreds of tasks and problems sent his way during the course of the morning. Today he was deep in thought on one issue, indications that American and European support for Israel was on the wane. He reached the fountain in the center of the square and stopped. He'd been here so many times that his eyes barely registered his surroundings, nor his ears the sound of running water. His bodyguard detail also stopped, silently wishing the ambassador wouldn't do things like this that made him an easy target. Their hands were close to their weapons, ready to pull them out and shoot anyone who ran toward the senior diplomat carrying a knife, bomb, or gun. The ambassador moved on. His protectors kept pace with him. They were good bodyguards, ex-special forces, who'd been given subsequent training in surveillance, close protection, evasive driving, and rapid takedown of hostile attackers. But the Place de Vosges was a nightmare environment for such men, It was too big, with too many buildings, windows, people, entrances and exits, and open spaces. They couldn't be blamed for not spotting the sniper behind one of the top-floor windows of a house 70 yards away. That window was one of hundreds that looked onto the square. And the sniper had chosen it, because at this time of day the sun reflected off it, and made it impossible to see anyone behind the glass. There was no noise when the bullet left his silenced rifle penetrated the window, traveled across the square, and entered the ambassador's heart. But when the diplomat collapsed to the ground, the square became chaotic and loud. Some people were running toward the dead man, shouting. Others screamed, held hands to their mouths, and pointed at the body. The bodyguards raced to the ambassador with guns in hand, yelling at everyone to get out of their way, the sight of the handguns now introducing fear and panic into the square. Many believed the armed men must have shot the ambassador. Some fled the scene. Others threw themselves to the ground. Mothers grabbed their children and held them close, their expressions filled with horror. The bodyguards ignored them all. When they reached the body, they rolled it onto its back. They cursed in Hebrew as they saw the bullet entry point in the ambassador's chest. One of them checked for a pulse, though it was obvious the diplomat was dead. The others scoured the surroundings for a man with a rifle. They saw no one like that. The sniper had vanished.